Hello again, everyone. Um, there's one thing I need to tell you before I start, is that this is probably the very first speech I give in my life, so I beg you to be indulgent. Um, so first of all, thank you, Brian, for inviting me to speak, and also for uh, all of this, because um, I attended last year's inaugural conference uh, for the French Speechwriters Network, and this is my first time at the European Speechwriters Network, and I am immensely grateful to everyone for sharing their um, experiences, challenges, concerns, because this is all very enriching to me. And it's always incredibly comforting to realize that I am not mad, <laughs> and, that, and that the challenges that I meet on an everyday basis and the auditors of this job are just the same for everyone. So um, really, that, uh, thank you everyone for that. So I'm Lucy. I work for the US Embassy to France and Monaco. I draft remarks and speeches with and for the ambassador and American diplomats for very diverse formats and very diverse topics and um, mostly for official events attended by members of the French government, public institutions, local authorities, CEOs. So I'll speak from my experience in this context specifically. So my topic for today is how to speak to the French. As my title says, to me, this could only mean you'd better know your enemy. <laughs> so let's get down to work straight away. There is one thing you need to know about the French. They are not UFOs. They're normal people. They're not scary. They're not mean. They don't feed on snails and frogs. And they don't smell like snails and frogs. <laughs> so I'm telling you this because when Brian asked me um, to do this presentation, my very first reaction was like, mm, yeah, well, why not? It's a bit weird. I mean, it's just like drafting a speech, full stop. Well, to me, it was obvious because I'm French. But Brian's not. So in order to answer his questions, I needed to move from my native perspective to a foreigner's perspective. And so I did. And what I found, even though I had a pretty clear idea already, was uh, disconcerting. Because I realized that I would have to deal in one way or another with a few cliches or generalizations. So I haven't told you yet that when I was hired at the US Embassy three years ago, it was as a translator and interpreter, which I still am, alongside drafting speeches. And working with a translator, if some of you have done that already, can be somewhat frustrating. Because when you ask someone a question, um, especially a professional, you generally expect an answer, not more questions. So a good translator is not a talking dictionary. It's already impossible to know all the words in your own language, so let's just not even talk about two. If you ask a translator, say, we were talking about balls earlier, and this is my part of balls, <laughs> what's the French for balls? The right answer would be, what's your context? <laughs> so I'm going to try and give you a few keys to speak to a French audience, knowing, of course, but I'm sure this is no news to you, that it depends. Um, now, this is your part of uh, my speech. Can you tell me the most persistent cliches about the French that you can think of right now? Fire away, it's your moment. I won't be offended. <laughs> they eat frogs. You hate English words. We hate English words. Coffee. They're arrogant. They're arrogant. That's the one I was looking for. Like the Anglo-Saxon culture. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too beautiful. 
<laughs> it's very stylish. Almost as rude as the Irish. Rude? <laughs> well so, oh. That's a nicer. That's, that's too positive. I was going. <laughs> so I asked my American colleagues what the very first cliches they could think of were, and here's what they replied They're rude, very smelly but I decided not to deal with that one today. <laughs> they're arrogant, they're demanding, they like to be spoken to in French, and they only care about food, wine, and culture. <laughs> so I'm going to start with rude. What do you think I'm going to tell you? It's they're not. You are. <laughs> <laughs> the French society is a very codified one. And you need to know the codes if you intend to engage with the French, or they'll just ignore you. I agree they could try and make an effort, but the thing is, you are trying to engage with them. You want them to listen to you, not the contrary. So first thing you need to know, giving a speech to a French audience starts even before you open your mouth. That's what I tell my colleagues every time I help them prepare for a speech. Put on your jacket, take off your sunglasses, and spit out your gum. I told you the French society is strongly codified, which means it's generally pretty conservative and that it expects formal presentation on formal occasions. Appearance is a very important aspect of public speaking. Of course, nobody is going to congratulate you for being properly dressed. However, you might have heard about President Hollande's style being constantly askew, and that seemed to capture most of the public's attention. Mm, so now that you're looking fine, that your pronunciation won't be hindered by chewing gum, and that you're looking your interlocutor in the eye, you can get going with your speech. So do you know the magic word to engage with the French? Monsieur et madame. Monsieur et madame. <laughs> Anything else? Has any of you, s'il vous plaît, has any of you had an ex unpleasant experience with the French while asking for directions on the streets, ordering something at a restaurant? Excusez-moi, that was the right one. The trick is, bonjour. Very first thing, greet your audience, acknowledge their presence, thank them for graciously accepting to listen to you. And of course, don't forget anyone or they could be offended. And don't use names, of course, use titles and in the right order, if you please. As an example, I'm going to read the acknowledgements the US ambassador had to read on a formal occasion and let's be honest, nobody would ever want or could remember this. Ready? <laughs> mesdames et messieurs les ministres, mesdames et messieurs les ambassadeurs, mesdames et messieurs les membres du Parlement, monsieur le chef d'état-major des armées, monsieur le préfet de région, madame la secrétaire perpétuelle de l'Académie française, mesdames et messieurs les officiers généraux, madame la maire du 8e arrondissement, mesdames et messieurs les représentants des institutions économiques, culturelles, scientifiques et éducatives, mesdames et messieurs les représentants des cultes, mesdames et messieurs, chers amis, Bonsoir à toutes et à tous. <laughs> so this is true, this is a speech I drafted and this is my protocol colleague fault. That's not mine. <laughs> so this is more or less compulsory and at this point your speech hasn't started yet. So this is an extreme example of course but that gives you an idea. And of course my American colleagues hate that part of the speech. They always try to skip it, shorten it, or at least move it further down in the speech, which can be, I have to admit, a pretty good idea, be it only because you're not starting head-on with the boring bit. So greetings are a crucial ritual if you want to interact with the French. 
Now to our second very nasty cliche, they're arrogant. So how do you think I'm going to reply to this this time? They're not. <laughs> they're proud people. France, like many in this continent, is an old country with a complex and tormented history. Its people forge its identity through wars, famines, revolutions, strikes, and lively demonstrations. And they, they intend to defend what they achieved through all of this. So I'm not going to draw a list of everything the French are proud of, because this would just go on and on and on. <laughs> but there are a few things that they're really proud of and enjoy showing off, and for which they would fight and compete on every possible occasion. And one of them concerns us all here directly, language. I'll give you one example you might have heard of already or noticed if you're familiar with this country or its people. It's the raging war between the pain au chocolat and the chocolatine. <laughs> Team chocolatine par ici. <laughs> and of course, admitting that both versions are correct in two different regional contexts is utterly impossible. So there are many such examples, but who knows why the fight crystallized around this particular word, and most people will take sides. The same goes with expressions. It's a national sport to be able to explain the origin, the meaning, and the spelling of every possible expression. And even your best friend will delight in correcting you if ever you use one of them wrong, even though you perfectly understood what they meant. So the way we teach French to our children and the grammar rules change regularly under the shock of whatever stranding or under the influence uh, of a random member of parliament who thought it was high time we dealt with the issue of liaising des and haricots and to allow our kids to say des haricots. <laughs> At least these debates make the headlines of our French-speaking friends overseas and they seem to find this highly amusing. So, why am I telling you this? Um, Antonia said this morning, use simple words. If you do that with a French audience, I mean, using solely uh, simple words, I'll take you for a simpleton. So, because you two, I'm telling you this because you two will have to play this little game with the French audience if you want to hit the mark. If you intend to catch a French audience's attention and earn their respect, be smart. Sprinkle your speech with a few well-chosen expressions, but make sure you get them right, or they'll only remember this insignificant mistake, if you remember the president's time. And also, there's another example I can give you. It's, it's actually President Hollande's ex-partner. Uh, One day, she wanted to talk about the bravery of, I don't even remember who, I think soldiers or policemen, I don't remember. And instead of bravoure, she said, bravitude. And this was the headlines and the talk of everyone for months on end. <laughs> I mean, th this was really the headline. Because she had mistaken one word for another, oh, well, invented a word, to be honest. But. Okay, so use nice and fancy words, but of course, not too many. Be subtle and be funny. So let's talk about French humor. Having good knowledge of the French language will be a huge help here, because the French just love puns. So it can be risky. Just imagine the sacrilege if you get one of those expressions wrong or if you mismatch the two halves of it. So humor, the word humor, 
is an English word that was imported to France only recently. Well, I still count in centuries, but that's recent. <laughs> uh, but before that, in France, we called it wit, just wit, l'esprit, which I think also reflects the fact that French humor is just another way of displaying your mastery in language. So I can give you an example that I find telling, but there could be a thousand more. Um, and I like this one. It's by the comedian uh, Coluche, who's a very famous and very famous for his irreverent sense of humor. Um, so this is a translation. I'm neither for nor against, on the contrary. <laughs> There's another one that I like. So yeah, um, it's, it's colder at night than outside. That's why I never go there. So yeah, I, I love your reaction. <laughs> um, Another source of examples for French wit are the presidential debates. I know it's a tradition in many countries to have a presidential debate between the two finalists um, who face each other in a political duel. So the most famous one is probably the bolt shot by Valéry Giscard d'Estaing at François Mitterrand, je vais dire Hollande, in 1974. Monsieur Mitterrand, vous n'avez pas le monopole du cœur. So you don't have the monopoly of the heart, which was which falls flat as a crap in English, but is, I mean, people still quote this as the epitome of French wit. So that was for French. <laughs> as for foreign languages, there is another stereotype that I would like to take down. The French don't speak other languages, which of course they do, even if only a little. They've only been taught to speak well and to use their language so well that they don't trust themselves in another. Um, Jennifer, you mentioned earlier the way uh, we, we are taught languages and, and the shame and, and the self-consciousness we feel at school when we're asked to speak in public if we do anything wrong. And I felt this when I was a child, when I was at school, and I'm sure all the French children know this. So I'm telling you this is true. <laughs> we don't trust ourselves. <laughs> and this is precisely the reason why they'll be delighted if you can't give your entire speech in French if you just practice one sentence in French and apologize for your terrible French. Um, if you don't, they'll probably be offended and tell everyone that you could have at least said a few words in French. <laughs> so now you get the picture. French society is highly codified and codes include taboos. Well, I think it's also important to highlight probably the two main ones, money and religion, which I think, I mean, I don't think they both belong in the French culture, to the private sphere. Many cultures are much more open to these matters, and I might be mentioning these two because they're the ones I have to deal with the most with my American colleagues here at the embassy, who love giving huge amounts of money in dollars and, and referring to God, but these are typically the two subjects I generally advise against approaching. Um, but since there are taboos and I'm running out of time, I'm going, not going to expand on those today. However, and this time I'm going to agree with one of the stereotypes we mentioned earlier, there is one topic that will probably guarantee your success, which is food and wine. Um, so this is another thing the French are really proud of. It's their cuisine. They love to boast about the French cuisine, the French gastronomy, the French haute cuisine. So I remember one of the speeches that I drafted for the ambassador in which she listed many places she'd gone to for the first time in the past few months. Um, and for each, she added something she tasted there and loved. You should have seen their faces. 
they were radiant. Like, <laughs> so, so with the French, know that a bit of flattery never hurts. So voila, but I can tell you about how to speak to the French. Again, all of this is a monstrous generalization of cultural habits. And this is not a recipe, but it might turn useful in emergency cases. So I hope that I have not offended my fellow French citizens in this room by revealing their secrets or uh, um, encouraging people to insult them. Um, and also, I hope that after today, you'll have a more positive opinion of this rude and arrogant people. <laughs>